This episode is sponsored by Luminous Creative Agency. Headquartered in downtown Providence, Luminous works with businesses and organizations to enhance their marketing efforts by developing high-quality creative content, such as video, ad campaigns, design, branding, and more. You can learn more by visiting Luminous.agency. That's L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S dot agency. Welcome back to the Hey Roadie podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha, and this is another thrilling episode of our Who to Watch series. <laughs> yes, it was very thrilling. Um, hi, guys. We got to talk to Jennifer McClendon. She is the producing director at Trinity Rep, a local theater company. I say local as if like it's small. It's huge. Everyone knows about it who's ever been to our state or lives here currently. Yeah, biggest, uh, I'd say most well-known theater company in the state. Um, and it is local. So yeah, it, true, wrong. true. That's for Thank you. Thank yeah, you, Nick. I got you. Um, so we talked to Jennifer. She is such an inspiring person. Um, we go into um, her struggles and honestly her triumph over figuring out the COVID situation. She puts a big emphasis of her career and honestly her life's work on creating a more inclusive space for people who go to theater who want to be involved with theater who want to have careers in theater and that's something that's really important to her and it was so nice and I feel really grateful that I got to hear her story and hear you know how she got to this point yeah I mean that's to me the and I'm sure I've touched on this somewhat at some point in the past uh few episodes but one of my favorite parts about this year's who to watch is that we're doing these podcasts and I get to we get to um dig a little deeper mm. into our honorees and really get to know them a little better. Um, and she was a pleasure to talk to. And uh, I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Like who would have known that she started her, her college career as a computer engineer major and <laughs> yeah. she went totally rogue. And now, you know, is this, you know, she's going rogue, <laughs> she's going rogue. And now she's like killing it in the theater community. And I, yeah, like I said, with all of our who to watch people, I feel really lucky that they are giving us their time to explain all this stuff that they're going through and the cool goals and everything they have going on for 2022. And I'm like, I'm so excited to see what happens with this group of people in the next few years. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, um, Hoping everybody enjoys this episode. Mm. And with that, we're going to leave you to it. So enjoy listening to our friend Jennifer McClendon. Have fun, guys. Have fun. So anyway, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you are the producing director. Is that the correct, you know? Yes. I feel like with theater especially, there's a lot of different like titles with important you know, words in them. So I want to make sure I got that correct. Yes. Producing um, director. <laughs> um, that is incredible for Trinity Rep, which if anyone who's listening to this doesn't know what Trinity Rep is, that is crazy because it's yeah, that's a, on you. That's on you. <laughs> um, it's such a staple in Rhode Island, specifically the Christmas Carol productions, I think are well known. I, I mean, I would hope throughout the entire state, probably even into like mass and Connecticut, they're such mm -hmm. beautiful productions. Um, but we're going to take a step in the behind the scenes and we're going to be talking to the producing director um yes. so jennifer if you don't mind giving us a little insight into you and what brought you to rhode island yes so i come from chicago illinois um i just moved here to providence rhode island in august um and that was for this job at trinity rep um i 
have been doing theater for, I want to say about eight, nine years now. Um, I guess it's actually, if I look at the <laughs> the date, the years, <laughs> I've officially made it to like uh, 11 years oh, of doing, awesome. <laughs> of doing wow. theater post-college. So I graduated in 2011 from University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana with a degree in stage management. And um, I found stage management in a roundabout way. I um, never did theater in high school or anything like that. I went to see the shows. I was an audience member and I enjoyed, you know, the theatrics, the music, if I was seeing a musical. My, my high school did a lot of musicals. Um, but I enjoyed watching theater. Um, and I was a part of our choir that was in high school. And so when I got to college, I went there for computer engineering. And um, a friend of mine had introduced me to the gospel choir that was there at University of Illinois. And so I ended up joining that, I think my second semester freshman year. And as I pushed myself through all of my computer engineering classes, I the only thing that was not computer engineering or math or science related was my gospel choir. And I eventually got involved in our annual concert, Mom's Day concert that we did. And I found my way from being like the backhand stage crew person to being the stage manager for the all of the years that I was, I was wow, there. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. I loved our annual concert. I loved being a part of that. Um, the Mom's Day concert was like in three parts. So there's a spiritual section, a tribute section, and then a gospel section. And the tribute section is the part that was like the show. Uh, and so I would manage that part of, of the show. And then because my director, you know, trusted me, then I would kind of gather the uh, choir for any other events that we would have and always kind of make sure we were where we need to be when we needed to be there and ready. And so that was my bug, my stage management <laughs> bug that I had caught. You were bitten. <laughs> um, and so when it became crystal clear that computer engineering was not in my future because <laughs> I was not succeeding in any of my classes, <laughs> Uh, I looked around to see what else I was interested in and uh, what I wanted to do. And of course, you know, being the Department of Theater, they graciously accepted me with open arms. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, switched my major and ended up graduating with a degree in stage management. Um, and so after leaving there, I went to uh, Steppenwolf Theater as an apprentice, a production management apprentice um, that exposed me more to how different theaters are run. Um, Chicago has a really rich storefront theater community. It's like 250 plus storefront theaters throughout the city. And so there's a, you just get a wide gambit of types of theater and groups of people working on different projects. I got really scrappy in terms of how to pull off shows for different amounts of money and different <laughs> crew sizes and things like that. Um, I end up working for Lifeline Theater, uh, started in, August of 2000 and uh, what was that? 16. Yes. August, 2016, I want to say. And, um, 
and just loved it. That was my first full-time job in theater. I remember looking around for like the first month, like I have a full-time job in yes. theater. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, to go from like computer engineering to not even like being part of the theater program growing up to like then having a full-time job in theater. Like that's like a crazy one. What's it? A 180, right? Not a 360, yeah. 180. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. Um, that's pretty crazy. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, I was, I mean, and it was the right thing to happen. You know, like once I found myself in the theater department at U of I, I was like, oh, this is my home. You oh, know? that's awesome. I like to tell the the story of like, oh, I found people who love staple, like staples, the store, like post-its <laughs> <laughs> as much as I do. I was I like, oh, that. I'm not strange. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's incredible so I didn't mean to interrupt you you were going on this like a beautiful life journey with us and of course I had to be like 180 story yeah. like yeah, um cool. but so you had your you got your first full-time theater job in the theater yes so where did that take you where did you go from there so I love working for Lifeline Theater it's a wonderful home um we did all new work six shows a season three main stage three kid series uh storytelling festival um, various events. It was a really wonderful experience. And I grew a lot in those years that I was there in terms of managing different size groups of people, like production sizes. The last show I did there, I think I had like 23 people in the production wow. team. That's crazy. Um, and then we had, I think, 11 actors. Like it was, it was huge. Um, and so I just, I grew a lot. I learned a lot there. And, but at the same time, um, they were only as big as they were going to be. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I wanted to work at a larger institution. I wanted to work somewhere that had multiple houses, multiple theaters, um, have an actual team underneath me. So I did a lot, all the work I did at Lifeline. We also had a technical director on staff and a master electrician on staff, but I did not have a costume shop manager. I did not have, you know, I didn't have the other department heads. Um, I was pretty much the main person there. So I wanted more. I wanted more responsibility, more people to manage. And so I knew I was going to make a shift. I just wasn't sure about when. And obviously, you know, March 2020 happened to everybody mm. and everything shut down. Mm. And I didn't think I'd find anything right away. I knew I'd probably see us get out of the pandemic and then see us reopen and then I'll start looking for something. Uh, but I had a colleague of mine who was who works for a uh, consulting firm and was looking for folks to uh, interview for this position here at Trinity. And they reached out to me um, and I applied thinking, oh, I'll just dust off my resume. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> this Rhode Island, what's the, nah. Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I applied, I got the job, very grateful, never saw it coming. Um, and super thankful to be here. So I, I picked up and once I got the position, I was like, great, moving to Rhode Island, brought my family with me. Um, cause I don't know anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, come on family, let's, let's go. go. We're taking a trip. <laughs> We're taking a very bi big trip to a very small state. And I absolutely love it. Yay. I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot yet because, you know, I came in, in in the summer and I didn't get my car until October. <laughs> so I've just started to really explore. Mm. But I love being so close to the ocean. I love how you can see 
every kind of terrain. Yeah. <laughs> one little Pretty much. Space. It's crazy. You like go from one to another and you can literally yes. see like an entire whatever you want to see, you can like figure out a way to see it. Exactly. Yeah, and so were I, you I, um were you originally from it was Chicago, right? That you were in before? Mm-hmm. Where you grew up in Chicago or did you go there yes. for school? Yeah. Both. I born and raised Chicago, mm-hmm. Illinois. I went downstate to Champaign, Urbana for uh college and then but I've only yeah, ever lived up. in Illinois. Oh, gotcha. okay. so this is a huge difference. So if, yes. so be honest, did you know what Rhode Island was before you applied? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Is but, that Long Island? Yeah. I my uh we have, you know, family friends uh who call us and be like, you're where? What? Where, where is did that? You go? Where's Rhode Island? What happened? Are I you in Canada? I can't find it on the map. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rhode Island for someone who's not like a New Englander or isn't directly connected to Rhode Island is always like, "What? Where mm-hmm. is this?" Mm-hmm. So, what was the biggest um I mean, obviously I know and like you said, we're all dealing, we've all dealt with it. And COVID has really put a damper on like so many things. But I'm going to try to make this like a happy question. From yeah. what you've experienced so far, like what has been the biggest difference? And what do you like? Is there something that you like the most? Something that you'd like to see more of? Like what, how are you feeling about the big transition from, you know, Illinois to Rhode Island? You know, I'm really excited. I, like I said, I was looking for more responsibility. So I'm very excited to... Um, be at a larger institution. It is a, a you know, big fish, small pond, essentially, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. thing, yeah. which is different. Um, I was definitely in a bigger pond back in yeah. Chicago working oh, yeah. for one of many, many theaters. So being, uh, so you even said it earlier that, you know, if you don't know what Trinity, you know, what Trinity Rep is, you like, where have you been? Because mm-hmm. Trinity Rep is like, is the institution for mm. theater here in Rhode Island. And that comes with a lot of, you know, responsibility in a different way, yeah. right? <laughs> um, you know, I always feel like there's a lot of eyes on mm. us and what we're doing. People are looking to us for different guidance, um, especially as we navigate COVID and coming back. And so there's a lot of pressure there. But mm. I mean, I know that I put people first and I want everyone to be safe and feel comfortable in what they're doing. Uh, COVID is a giant question mark. <laughs> oh, God. That never seems to go away, ever. Never, ever. Jeez, ever. <laughs> Louise. Um, it's hard to make decisions because nothing feels like the right decision. Mm. Um, but all you can do is continue to think about the people that you are working with and um, and put them first in their best interest at first at heart and then, you know, just kind of go from there and make those decisions as best you can. Mm -hmm. And so I know there's a lot of eyes looking at us and looking at how we're approaching this. And so I just try to keep that as my guiding star of like keeping the people first, keeping people safe um, and, and trying to make the best decision from that. And, you know, consulting with everybody here working on it, you know, we got a nice little COVID team that we go back and forth about what to, what to do next? How do we approach this case? How do we do that? Yeah. Um, We, um, so I I think like what you were saying, well, what we're all saying is like Trinity rep is such a big staple in Rhode Island. I think for most Rhode Islanders, it's like their first experience with theater, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is really cool because it is, you know, you go to some, places to see theater and it's like a stage in your audience it feels like at trinity rep you're like part of the show which i think is a really cool experience um and uh christmas carol was actually my first show back 
you know, I'm going to say post-COVID, but like who the heck knows? I'm, yeah. I don't think that's a, a thing anymore. But um, yeah, <laughs> doing air quotes. <laughs> yeah, air quotes post-COVID. <laughs> um, and just as a, I mean, I'm sure you hear from people all the time, but as an audience member, I felt super safe. I felt very, um, you know, everyone, you know, kept their masks on. You had, you know, your lovely um, employees were, if someone like, you know, took their mask off, would remind them. And it felt, it didn't feel like a, like it felt like everyone was on the same page, which was really yeah. nice. Um, so from that aspect, I know that's, again, I'm sure you've heard every opinion about it, but my opinion, which is the only one that matters here at Hey Roadie Podcast, <laughs> is you guys are doing a really good job in kicking ass. And it was such, the show, I mean, the audience was great. Everyone, you know, uh, was really, uh, op- not open, obviously. Like you have to wear a mask. You have to show your um, vaccine card or your negative. Um, yeah your negative test but the show itself like coming back from that whole year of not getting to see a performance or like you know we trinity repped like the virtual christmas carol which was yeah. cool and and i saw that too but coming back to the sh- the performance that you guys put on this year was so amazing like i i my husband and i left and i was like oh that was like a really nice way to come back to theater because the actors were incredible. The actual like stage set. I'm going to use all the wrong terminology. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Um, like all of the stage setup and the lights and the thunder things. That, like it was all <laughs> incredible. Like I've seen a, a Christmas Carol a few times and I don't yeah. know if it's because of like the the weird COVID thing. But I was like, I don't think I've ever seen this production just like blew me away. So thank thank you for getting for being part of that. And it was great. And you guys are doing such a great job. Thank you. It's really good to hear that uh, because that's why we do this. We want to work with each other. We want to see this idea that starts in a room on a piece of paper come to life. Mm. You know, like that's for me, that's why I do this. It's like I love being a part of that creative process and just really helping facilitate everyone who, you know, is more creative than me (laughs) come together and create uh, a giant. Uh, you know, wonderful production that people really enjoy. Mm. And so it was really great to to just be back in the room with people um, and be a part of that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I come from storefront from, you know, new work. And so seeing, you know, the fantastic kind of come to life is different. Mm. Uh, and so this scale is just, uh, it's more. It's just yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it might uh, surprise some people that listen or even Sasha, but like I so I've been to quite a few shows. Um, that is surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I grew up like uh, we didn't have like a theater program in my high school, but I was in chorus for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a couple of, um, you know, like at the church, little performances, mm. things and stuff in high school. Uh, I've been to a couple of like Broadway shows and then off Broadway shows. And I've been to a few things at uh, Trinity. And um, I don't know if this was like. I don't know what expectation you had going in or like how much you did your research before you came here to be like, what is Trinity? Um, Mm -hmm. But like it is right on par with like a Broadway or off Broadway or New York show. Um, And we have it like right here in Providence, which is pretty incredible. And there's like this rich history to Trinity rep. So like how much of um, the 
experience was a surprise to you? And then like, how much of a crash course have you been given in like the history of Trinity since you've been here? <laughs> a, you know, a little bit of both. I definitely got a crash course when I showed up from, uh, you know, our artistic director, Kurt Columbus, um, who's, you know, very forthcoming with all of the details of how things have evolved over the years. But what I definitely loved hearing through all the different people that I talked to was that it is a lot like, that's why I keep referencing Chicago. It's a lot like that feel of like, mm. we're just going to take what we have and do the absolute most with it. Mm. You know, knowing that part of the history of A Christmas Carol is really like taking these costumes, these, these uh, items of clothing that you might have in your home, in your closet, and really creating these wonderful costumes that look period, but maybe they're not exactly period, depend, you know, depending on what the director and um, designers want to go for. But it's definitely that homegrown feel, but done on such a, um, you know, professional level, like you mentioned Broadway, like it's done at such a heightened level that I have I've had nothing but <laughs> a wonderful experience <laughs> doing it. You know, I feel like, yes, we have this, this, uh, layer of COVID that we're trying to push through, right? But it felt fan just wonderful working in a room of people like, we're going to focus on this brick over here because that's going to really enhance um, the feel of this set. We're going to work on, you know, this lighting moment to really enhance the feeling of Christmas uh, future, you know, like we to put so much emphasis on every little detail to make it that much more believable and that much more um, enjoyable for the audience is exactly what I've been missing. And so mm. Trinity is, is, is a bigger, you know, uh, institution and we're doing, you know, a lot more than I've done before, but it's that same feeling of like, let's take what we have mm. and make it as big as we can. Yeah. You know, uh, the tagline for my previous theater lifeline uh, was big, big theater up close. Mm. So it's the same yeah, feeling. It's, yeah, it's that's similar. I get that feeling. And so that's what I, so I, I, in terms of like crash course versus what did I have to come, come here with? It's like, that's, that's what it is. It's like, I came from a smaller place that really did the most of what they had in such a small space. And now it's just, the scale has just, mm. you know, blown up. It's like, now we're going to do the most we can with what we have in this huge space, but we're still going to fill it. Mm. We're still going to make it the most immersive experience as you possibly can, which is really hard with COVID when you got to have, you to follow all <laughs> oh, the rules to keep God. people separate. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Louise. That's got to be such a, but like I said, you're really handling it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, We're having technical God. difficulties. Sorry about that. I'll just hold it. Um, sorry about that. I was playing with my mic and it fell Sasha's off the stand. Mic just fell in her lap. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, um, and I think with Trinity, like what you just said is exactly what you, like at the beginning is like, that's what I wanted. I wanted more responsibility. I wanted more. And the fact that it's a similar sort of like uh, baseline as what you are at just, you know, amplified, I think is yeah. like the perfect fit. And I don't know if, if you feel this way, um, but, you know, obviously Illinois is so much bigger than than Rhode Island. I, I feel like you probably see a lot of the same faces you know, seeing them perform more. I know you've only been here for a year, but I'm sure like next year you'll see the exact same people. Like it'll be the same people at every, like over and over and over again. Um, 
where in Illinois, I'm sure it's always someone different. And I'm sure there's pluses and minuses to having both experiences. But one thing I can say as a Rhode Islander as, and as someone who, you know, saw Trinity rep is it's so nice to be so proud that mm. I, that my city has this, not that I have anything to do with it, but you know, it's just so nice to, to be like part of that, right? Like, yeah to be in that experience and to think like, you know, we have this amazing group of people who put together these shows that are like Nick said, like comparable to Broadway or off Broadway, whatever the the right term is like, that's something, you know, this time we're this tiny little state, but man, we create and we have like the best people here. Like I can't, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Um, So definitely getting to know more people. And Mm. that is what I'm trying to focus on um, outside of the day-to-day here is to get to know more people. Mm. So I was very, you know, um, proud and and thankful to be a part of this as well, because it kind of, it just expands my network. Um, And that is, (laughs) Uh, but that's part of it is like, like you mentioned in uh, Chicago and Illinois, there's always people flocking to that area. So there's always someone new to engage with or, or meet. Mm. Um, and whenever, like I was struggling to find somebody, I knew that there was always a pool of people that I could pull from. Whereas here, um, I don't know the community as Mm. well yet. Like I'm getting to know the community and getting to know, um, all of the different over hire or technicians or designers and directors. I'm, I'm learning who those folks are and it is a smaller community in comparison for sure, but there are a lot of connections, mm. you know, especially being so close to, to New York and to Boston. Like mm. there is, um, there are so many connections and there's so many wonderful schools here too. I've definitely learned that, that there's, that we're growing more of those folks too, to, to work with. And so I'm, Looking forward to meeting all the people Yay. and hopefully working with them at some point. And I think too, like, which this is going to sound, I don't know if it's going to sound funny, but like, you know, even though Trinity Rep has been around forever, right? You're, you know, kind of the new, the new kid in school, but sometimes it takes the new kid to create, like, because you're new and you don't know everyone already. And it's not like, oh, I met them 10 years ago. I know them from ba 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 Because you're so, you're fresh and you get to make these like new connections. I feel like having you is such a strong, you know, bringing someone new to the table on for Trinity's, you know, good, good on them. Because you now can create new connections and new relationships. And, you know, if you're looking for someone and, you know, you don't have like that, person to necessarily talk to. So you have to find a new person and maybe this new person is going to be like the best, you know, fit for Trinity. So I think it's really awesome that they, and I know it's a struggle for you, obviously, like, you know, you probably have to work so much harder at making the connection, but I think in the long run, you know, they knew what they were doing and you're going to create like this really beautiful, you know, relationship with all these people that are going to be part of it. And I feel like that was definitely part of the search for sure was to bring in um someone who who is new to the organization and so uh for me personally like being on the other side of that and coming here um I want to be cognizant of all of the new people that can be a part of the conversation and be a part of the productions Mm. um you know one of the things I mentioned in uh when I was being interviewed for the the who to watch (laughs) (laughs) Um, was that, you know, I noticed over my 
time as a production manager in Chicago that there's just not a lot of people that look like me doing the work that I do. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we went into the pandemic and as the We See You White American Theater document came out and we started looking at ourselves as theater makers as who who are we working with? Yes, there's a lot of people in the pool, but what are we missing in the pool? Mm. You know, like how can we enhance that and work with more people and bring more voices? Because I'm, honestly, theater is for the people, by the people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, I want to engage with everyone. Like mm-hmm. I want to engage with every type of audience member that we can uh, that we can. And I feel like representation matters. So like if you see someone who looks like you doing the thing that you think you might want to do, then it's that much easier for you to take that leap of faith and 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 go for it. Yeah. And inspires so, you to, to, yeah. to know that like this is possible. Yes. And, and you are that for a, I mean, I, I, I know you have your you're, what you're saying is like so incredible. I can't wait to hear more. But like you are that for so many, you know, young people. And I and it's, you know, I it's just incredible. Like the work through this Who to Watch program and, and meeting such amazing, inspiring people who like really care about their community. And I mean, really, Jen, Jennifer, this isn't even your com- like this. I mean, it is your community, but like you came here and made it your yeah. mission. Like that's incredible. You know, like not only is like your drive and your motivation great, but like also to have, you know, this feeling of like wanting to see more people that look like you wanting to change, you know, the racist sort of um, back tone of theater through reading your article and seeing your interview. I was it was really like eye-opening to me and I think that the fact that you are you're taking on so much (laughs) you know moving here with your family getting used to Rhode Island getting used to Trinity getting used to COVID and then adding another whole element on top of it it's just it's really inspiring and I feel really lucky to even get to be talking to you about this Um, and um I mean the uh, theater itself uh, is one of the oldest forms of um, kind of political commentary mm-hmm. uh, that there is. Like even back to, uh, I think like like Shakespearean theater, uh, he would work in stuff that commented on, you know, the, the aristocracy at the time and things that were going on. And it's kind of through the years, um, through hundreds of years, uh, continued to do that same thing. So yeah. uh, it's not necessarily something new to uh, use it to comment on um, the political structure at hand. Uh, but different people doing different things. And even if you're not doing it with the show, but doing it with who's in the mm. show yes. um, is just as important as coming up with a whole new show itself, you know? Yes. And and that's what I mean, too. So thank you for saying this. Like, I feel like we need to change the makeup of who is creating the work and the type of work that we do. Mm. You know, we have to make conscious decisions to do that mm. and make space for it to happen. And so um, by using this platform, you know, like taking this position and being in a larger institution, I can help further that, that mission and that goal for other people doing that work, including myself. And so I want to see more people from different backgrounds, not only on stage, but creating the work that we see 
And that extends to the type of plays that we're doing as well. So who's writing them? Who's directing them? You know, uh, who's designing them and who's on the stage? And so I just feel like that we have to work at it from all facets. And, and, it, and it involves coming together as a community. So everybody's involved in that, not just the people of color or from different backgrounds is also our white allies as well, mm-hmm. doing the work together and creating the space and creating the work together. So I, I just feel like we all are coming together now, um, but there's still work to do. Like we, we are all coming together and we're acknowledging the work that we have to do and we're trying to make waves to continue the change that needs to be made. Mm. And it's up to, you know, people who aren't facing those challenges to embrace the change and really stand up and be like, yes. we are here to be part of it and not to be like, yeah, things need to change. No, like, like we, like we as a community need to be like, okay, we need to be allies, like you said, and mm-hmm. we need to do the work. You've done too much work. <laughs> it needs to, it's our, it's, it's us. It's, it's our time. Well, to it's do sometimes, the work. sometimes it's not even as far as, uh, having to like physically do something it can just be as simple as understanding and getting out of the way yeah and lear- and learning <laughs> you know? and just being open to the discussion and hearing yeah. and yep. and actually taking what you hear and like learn like, doing something with it and not just sitting yeah. and doing nothing because yeah. that's that is not useful at all to there anyone. are plenty ways to <clears throat> help you know move the needle forward mm-hmm. and like and so I feel like by learning, by listening, by creating space um, and opportunities are all helpful ways. And so um, I hope to continue to, to do that. And that's part of the reason that Trinity was so attractive. It's like as soon as I started doing the research about the company, um, I saw on the website very transparent about the work that uh, Trinity was doing during the pandemic to address uh, equity, diversity, inclusion, and anti-racism. Um, and so it was it was refreshing to see, you know, like there was a call to action, obviously, yeah. that happened during the pandemic, but not everybody heeded that call, mm. you know. And so to see that Trinity was. Um, it made it that much more attractive to get to know the company and get to know the people behind that work. Um, and now being a part of the company and continuing to see that work being done, we have a, a equity, diversity, inclusion, and anti-racism director, EDIA, because that's a lot, it's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we have an EDIA director, yeah. uh, who uh, Monique Austin, who's an incredible uh co-worker and asset to the company and just helping us, you know, be aware of where the holes are Mm. and be aware of how we can continue to learn and create more space and create more opportunity. And and a lot of it is starting with the learning, you know, starting with the listening and the learning and then turning those into actions and turning that into a strategic plan and implementing them in different ways. Um, and I just, I'm excited to see the growth and excited to see what will happen in the future for this company and for our theater community. Mm. Yeah, we have, uh, so for these, uh, who to watch 
interviews, we've had kind of two pillars of like, uh, you know, how did you get here? And then uh, what's kind of a new, exciting or big thing that's going to be happening in 2022? And I feel like you've kind of like loosely touched on some of it already, um, mm -hmm. just through uh, the things we've already been talking about. Uh, but I wanted to make sure we got to if there was any like uh, specific things you wanted to mention, big things coming up in uh, this coming year, uh, changes happening, whatever. Uh, I wanted to make sure we touched on that as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was interesting, you know, trying to answer that question originally for the article and then thinking about it now. It's just like <laughs> my eyesight, my goals right now is just getting through this season. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I wish I, I had something, you know, more wonderful <laughs> to say or more, you know, exciting to be looking out for. But you know, this layer of doing theater during an active pandemic is something I don't think any of us really knew what we were getting into. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think we we all really were hungry to bring theater back to the people and to be in space with each other again and, and do this work. And I'm very excited to do it. It's just that this layer makes it a little bit more difficult. <laughs> it makes it a little challenging. Um, and, and so... What I will say, though, that is a positive spin on it is that I've always tried to approach my work as um, being for the people that I'm working with. Like, I see my role as a producing director, as a production manager, um, as facilitating, as being a conduit to help people do their best work, right? So if I want to help people do work during an active pandemic... <laughs> I need to help make that safe for them. Yeah. I need to help take that worry off as they, so they can create and, and put all of their energy into putting on that show. And so I feel that weight. And, and every day that I, I, you know, part of me coming here, you know, today <laughs> for this podcast, I was just like, oh, wait, I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh... um, and so that's all that's where my focus is right now mm -hmm. yes I, we we're going to be switching into season planning for next season very soon and hope you know usually those announcements come out in march and stuff and so our our eyes are focused on that as well um in the near future but for me in my day-to-day -day, it's all about keeping the folks that are here every day as safe as i possibly can um and just keeping my eye out for 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 that mm. um so that they are able to do the work that they want to do like i am hoping we can you know open our next show on time uh and then the show after that <laughs> the show after that <laughs> and so i'm just really that's where my focus is right now mm. and uh and i think it'll be a wonderful thing to look back on and say i did it at the end of the season um and I know I'll have learned a lot from that mm. to take forward into the next season. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I'm looking forward to is. <laughs> well, I was going to say you said like, oh, it's, you know, it's nothing, you know, exciting or whatever. But like even the set, I'm not going to say it exactly how you said it, but like getting through theater in COVID, like that is like a really exciting thing to get through 2022, because this is not something that you've ever had to plan for. No. You've never been taught, you know. I'm assuming there was no college course in like how to run a theater through a pandemic. Here's like <laughs> a checklist. Like, so the fact that, you know, even though it's not like a specific project or whatever, like this is an ongoing thing and it's for you, it's for your 
the people who work with you and for you. It's for the actors. It's for the community yeah. who who sees the shows. So like, even though you know it's you know not like an exciting thing for 2022, it's like really exciting that you yeah. that you have. I mean, it's not exciting. It's actually terrible that this is <laughs> has to be your goal. But it is like it's, it's it's exciting to know that we if we are able to get through it, mm. we will have done it success you know successfully as best we can. Obviously, mm. um, we're gonna make mistakes. I mean. Come on, it's of course. <laughs> no one has ever done this before. Yeah, so it, we are bound to to make mistakes as we continue to try to move forward. But we're going to learn from those, mm -hmm. and we're going to do the next thing better, and the next thing better. And so that's my goal: is to really approach this head on, listen to the people that it's affecting, listen to the you know even the audience members coming and telling us you know how it, what the experience is like. Um, coming in and having to go through these, you know, COVID restrictions, what is that like? And knowing what's going on behind the scenes and knowing what's how the technicians and the actors are responding to them as well. And just creating a plan that works for all of us, because really it is the, the entire field is on the line, you know, mm -hmm. like I feel like film was able to pivot and, you know, come back faster. Um, but theater live entertainment in general has taken some time because it's so many bodies mm. involved in putting on a show. And the budgets and are not the same. Like a movie budget, oh. it's like millions of dollars. Yes. So you can take a fraction of that and, and dedicate it just to COVID testing. So sure. you don't have to worry about that. I'm sure you don't have like an abundance of a budget to be like, oh, we need to test 40 people every three days. Okay, that works. Like yeah. that's... that. <laughs> Has I mean e that alone has got to be like waiting for results and fig that's yeah wow that's it's crazy a that's a lot and so figuring out how we respond to that and how we make it better so that we can continue because I don't I'm not naive COVID's not going to disappear tomorrow mm. <laughs> um so we're going to continue to adapt and and move forward and I think that's what theater people do very well is adapt and and make a new plan and find a new solution. And mm -hmm. so I'm excited to continue to do that. Yes, it is terrifying every day. <laughs> yes, it yeah. is. I can't imagine what like waking up, you have to, oh my God, if that's going to be yeah. looking at your phone. Oh my God. That yeah. has got to I, be so I stressful. I saw, I think a, a meme the other day that was like, this is me going back to bed after the reading of a subject line. Of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's so true. Oh, it's the worst. Yep. And it's like, I just want like, they, I mean, thank God for like the theater coming back and for like Netflix releasing like a whole new season of Cobra Kai because <laughs> I'm like every time I like turn anything on or I talk to anyone it's just like so you know it's a it's it stinks and it's people like you Jennifer who've like given us hope that we even though it's, you know like you said COVID isn't going to disappear even though we all hoped for it yeah it's not going to disappear but like with people at, like you at the helm we can figure out a way to make it through creatively while still enjoying the things that we love. It's just mm -hmm. going to be in a different capacity. Um, and I think that the fact that you've taken on so much um, mm -hmm. is like really incredible. And I'm like, I feel honored to be in your presence. So thank you. <laughs> and I just have like um, a theater question really quick. Sure. Yeah. 
just because, like I said, so I actually did do theater in high school. Oh, nice. um, yep, I was, uh, I did a, a, a Our Town, Romeo and Juliet, like all those types of things, which is very funny because if you knew me in person, you'd be like, how does that girl, re-? like, yeah, there's no way I would be able to remember anything, any lines. <laughs> I like see something sparkly and I'm like, where, what year am I in? Like, where, what's happening? Anyway. Like I was one of the trees. <laughs> yeah. No, I had speaking parts, I swear. Um, but um, I, I'm curious. Um, I know we kind of touched on your personal growth and getting into this field, but for someone who maybe is a theater kid who like is like, what can this equal to? Like what, where can I go from this? Do you have any like tips for someone who is passionate about theater, but is like, I can't make a living of this or like all of my friends and family yeah. tell me that this is not a job. Like I feel like that, especially in the artist community, mm-hmm. it, that's such a, that's such normal feedback to get mm-hmm. so having yeah. someone like you who didn't even like theater well not like theater but like didn't wasn't passionate about it then to create this like amazing career where you're like mm-hmm. changing the game I feel like you must have some some fun advice or well, tips I mean you kind of hit on it it's like acknowledging that it is a career mm-hmm. like you know it's not a hobby and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the the counter arguments to to doing the arts and and is that it's not a career that it, that you should treat it as your side thing and I think a lot of us do that um, because you got bills to pay right mm. you gotta so you gotta have a side gig in order to pay the bills because your entertainment career is not gonna do that but I think one, as soon as we make that decision that it will that this is my career this is what I want to do doors will open mm. um, and you know I had a friend of mine do that and her whole career changed you know Mm -hmm. once she made it her priority um it changed and so taking that advice or take you know seeing that as an example it really helps to to know that it is because there are avenues there are unions involved you know like actors and stage managers have a union uh stage hands have a union designers have a union directors and choreographers all have unions that help ensure that you're giving getting a livable wage and you have access to benefits. Um, when I changed my career from computer engineering <laughs> to stage management, my cousin <laughs> talked to my mother and was like, they're unions, she'll be employed. Oh my God. <laughs> Did I join the union out the gate? No. no of course not. <laughs> But you can, and yeah. there are avenues to make that happen. Mm. Um, so just acknowledging that it is a career and that there are avenues to make it happen. You can choose to go to school if you like. You can also choose to find other, um, you know, apprentice- apprenticeships or other ways to get the experience that you need to um, move up the ranks. But uh, I would just say believing in yourself in terms of that this is what I want to do and this mm. is the career that I want to make for myself doors will open. And mm. so you just need to get out there and talk to people and and know what it, what it is that you want. My um, choir director who kind of basically started this off for me, <laughs> I remember her giving advice to the entire choir once saying, you know, she would, you know, obviously went through music. So it was live entertainment, but not theater. And she knew what she wanted and what steps she needed to take to get there. And she said, always know those things. Always know what your goal is and what steps you need to take to get there. Because you never know when someone's going to walk up to you and ask you what you need Mm -hmm. and be able to give it to you. 
Mm-hmm. And so just know those things and move forward. And so I, I definitely took that advice. And that's yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said, I looked around and was like, I have a full-time job in theater. Who yeah! do? <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing. And that's I think that advice is is really, you know, people listening for whatever career you're doing, especially in the arts though, I think your advice makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, over the pandemic, and we've talked about this with a lot of um entrepreneurs I know that like during 2022 was the great resignation and I think part of like what you're saying is is over this crazy pandemic obviously so many bad things happened but it feels like people finally started to like believe in themselves and understand Mm -hmm. that like we ultimately have the power to like go against what everyone has told us you need to have this kind of job. You need to have this, t- you know, these type of hours. You need to be doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, I think through this, you know, people start to reflect and be like, I'm not happy in this. I want to do this. I want to. And I think it's all I, I'm hoping that in the, the future generations, it's not such a crazy thought that like someone is going to be an artist full time and they're going to create their own path. Right. Because yeah. I think a lot of us were raised to think like, you're going to go to college. You're going to get a an entry level job. You're going to, you know, get a a, a work your way up the work your way ladder. up the corporate <laughs> like exactly and and be miserable the entire time. And I think yeah. you're you supposed know, to be miserable. You're and then supposed you retire. to be, Yeah, you're supposed to be miserable, but it's like, you know, there are I think, you know, through this last year especially, people are really saying like, "No, my dreams and like what I care about matters." Mm-hmm. And just just to go with what you're saying. I mean, I know that you this is like you're in in the arts is not necessarily it's the kind of similar to entrepreneurship because you need to be organized. It comes from you. You kind of control the the whole gambit. You gotta love what you do. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Whatever you for whatever you are doing, you have to love what you do and know what you need to get there. Mm. And know what and you know, I think part of me putting myself out there to know that I wanted to work at a large institution was just acknowledging. I think I was listening to another podcast that was talked. It was these two uh, women who essentially created five year plans for themselves or or at least through the podcast. I heard them both say like five years ago, I would have never known Mm. this is where I'd be. And so I created a five year plan you know, out of being inspired from from them, of like, where could I be in five years? You know, what is my wildest dream mm. of where I could be and where my career would be or what home life is going to look like for me in five years? And again, it's just about setting that intention and knowing what it is that you need to get there so that you are able to take the steps. You know, like if you don't know where you want to go, uh, how do you even start to recognize the opportunities in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. So part of me acknowledging for myself that I wanted to work at a large institution with multiple houses and, and have a department um, of people that I, you know, I manage was, was then allow me to recognize when my friend emailed me of like, hey, you want to, <laughs> you know, apply to this position? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, sure, why yeah. not? You know, like, because I said that for myself, mm. I then saw the opportunity and went for it. Mm. Um, when I got the, when I had friends telling me about my previous position at Lifeline, like I had multiple friends tell me to apply to that job before I was like, well, I guess I better, mm, <laughs> you yeah. know? And it was, and the same thing happened. I got the position and my whole world opened up, but mm. I wasn't 
at that time, I wasn't thinking about what was next. I was mm. just thinking about my paycheck. I was just thinking about how I was going to afford my bills and things like that. And so it just so happened that multiple people told me about that position mm. being open that I applied. So it's all about that knowing what you want mm. and how to get there that's going to make a difference mm. in how you approach different opportunities, um, the type of people that, you know, you experience or work with, you know, all of that's going to change once you know what you, what it is that you want. Mm. Yeah. Like, uh, know what you want, acknowledge that that's worth doing, make a plan and then be ready for plans to change when different mm. opportunities come. Yep. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, and that's honestly what you, Jennifer, have had to like deal with, with like yep. COVID and moving to a tiny little state and dealing with yeah. a whole different community. Mm. And it's, um, it really is for everything that you're doing and everything that you have going on in this new year. Um, you're really, you know, we're lucky as a community to have you. You're ours now. <laughs> and we're very lucky that you are here and you're with us because, you know, it's it's people like you who, you know, see the need, like you mm -hmm. said, like see the call to action and like and are here and, and doing it. And it's really yeah. exciting um, to be around, you know, like we said before, with all everyone from this year's Who to Watch, everyone from all years of Who to Watch has been so fun to see these people who are like, some of them are from Rhode Island, some of them are from somewhere else. And you come, people are come here and they see the need and they, and they do something. And I just think that's so inspiring. And you're going to inspire so many people listening to this in theater, in business, in arts. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for, uh, for joining us. We're like, uh, kind of pushing on to an hour now. So I'm going to wrap us up a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you just have a nice conversation and time. I flies. know Jennifer, you have been like so lovely. Like Thank I just you. want to talk to you for hours. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Thanks. So don't be surprised if I'm like knocking at Trina up. I'm like, hey, can we have coffee? <laughs> Please. Uh, and everybody can uh, also read the article uh, about you in our magazine, the Providence Monthly January edition. Uh, and then um, if people want to keep up with what's going on with you, what's going on with Trinity, I'm assuming you can go to the Trinity Rep website. Um, yeah. Do you have a good presence on social media? You want to share where people can follow you? I mean, you know, I don't really have a lot of social media. That's all right. That's no, okay that's too. too. That's nice balance. But if you if you're looking for me, I'm on Instagram. I think it's Jen McQuinn two ends. Oh, perfect. Right. And then everybody can keep up with uh, the shows, new things happening at the, on Trinity's website. And uh, yes, please. You know, we uh, we do a lot of cover, a decent amount of coverage of uh, new shows coming out too uh, in the magazine. So uh, you know, once again, just really we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate your time. This yeah. was a really great conversation, and uh, we're happy mm -hmm. we had you. Also, very side note, I did not tag your personal Instagram on our post of the new cover because I, if I don't know the person, like I'm not sure that that's their account. I'm like, I'm not gonna risk it so i'm no gonna worries. go in now and i'm gonna tag you so you can so you can see all the fun <laughs> hype and all the attention and everyone is like really loving everything about this issue and this cover and these you know you and the other amazing honorees for who to watch um so yeah thank you so thank much you so much for having me it's definitely been an honor to be included in this year's who to watch and i'm glad to be here yay Great. thank you we're so happy yeah. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. And, uh, you know, listeners, thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.